And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page with Denny Thompson, the hacker Ryan Green with you. Glad you are with us, Denny. We are a mere, what is today, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, we're about a week and a half away, 10, 11 days away from Florida and Miami, Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Boy, it seems like uh, it was two months away, then a month away, and Lo and behold, it's here. This time next week, it'll be game week. It'll be something special. Yeah, it will. And it's exciting around here because that same day is that is the Publix Bowl City Showdown. Yeah. With all the yeah. high school games here in Jacksonville that uh, that Tintin XL is a major part of. So it's it's a it's gonna be a fun day. I'm I'm actually getting to do color commentary of two high school games, and then running straight from that uh, to watch the uh, Florida Miami game. So looking forward to it. Yeah, football season is here, no question about it. If you are watching us on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page, want to chime in with a comment or two, feel free to do that. We would be more than happy You're to, to talk. You have to be careful with your hands. You're jumping us. Here. Oh, yes, I am jumping, yes. I will have to learn <laughs> that especially. All right, so a couple of things to dive into right off the bat. Number one, the Miami Hurricanes announced their starting quarterback earlier this week. We were wondering would it be Tate Martell. We were wondering would it be Nikosi Perry. You, and I gave you credit on XL Primetime yesterday on 1010XL Radio, you said months ago mm-hmm. that you thought it was going to be Jaron Williams, the former Kentucky commitment now at Miami. He's a redshirt freshman, and lo and behold, it is. Jaron Williams, he will be the starting quarterback for Miami when they take on Florida on Saturday night, August 24th. For Gator fans both listening and watching, give kind of a scouting report on Jaron Williams, and did Miami make the right decision? Yeah, they absolutely made the right decision. Um, Jaron Williams... Well, the reason I said that is because I think he's the best of the three. I mean, I've seen all three. Um, I've seen Jaron a little bit more than what I've seen the other two. Here's what Jaron is. Jaron is the safe pick. He's the guy who's going to get in there. He's going to be a, you know, a 65% completion type guy. He's he's not going to do anything that blows you away. But at the end of the game, you're going to look down and he's going to be 20 for 28, 20 for 29, somewhere around that range with, you know, 212 yards, maybe two touchdowns and a pick. You know, something like that in an average game. And then he's going to pick up what he can with his feet. Um, he's a good football player. He's a good leader. He's a good kid. Uh, it's it's interesting because I got a chance to see Jaron at what I would say is basically the height of um, competition. Mm-hmm. So in Charlotte two Mays ago, get this lineup, at Elite 11 camp, at a regional, this was the last regional before they were. We everybody was being picked to go to the finals. Here was our lineup, all fighting for a spot: Joey Gatewood, who's at Auburn; Justin Fields, who's at Ohio State; Trevor Lawrence; Jaron Williams; and Emory Jones. Huh. Yeah, all at the sa- all on the same field, the same day, um, same camp. They ended up all getting a spot at Elite Eleven. Um, but that's where I got a chance to see him, and just I remember him seeing him compete that day, and seeing how much just this game meant to not just him but his family as well, and just came away really impressed. I remember talking to him during the recruiting process. Now he was a Kentucky commitment yep. for a good long while, a good couple of months minimum, and I don't really know all the particulars as to why that didn't work out. I know he had a Georgia offer. He's from Lawrenceville, Georgia. Ohio State had interest in him, so he was a kid that was uh, recruited by a lot of programs, a lot of big-time programs in this country. All right, so should Gator fans be happy about this? I mean, do you think Jaron Williams gives Miami, certainly the coaching staff with the Hurricanes do, do you think Jaron Williams gives Miami a better shot 
to beat Florida than Tate Martell or Nikosi Perry would have? Here's, uh, here's the way I broke it down last night on the Sports Den, is Nikosi Perry would have been the best bet for Florida fans. Okay. Okay, that, that would have been – that's the one that as a Florida fan I was pulling for. Why hasn't he worked out? I mean, he beat Florida State last year, right? Mm, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, he was on the field. He was on the I, field. I, it, it's, it's one of those things where I think he is a talented guy, but when you end the year the way he ended the year last year, it's going to be hard to overcome that in the minds of your teammates. Mm. Right? That's always going to be there. Um, not to mention the – film that he made last year that's in the minds of the teammates yeah of course but anyway not to digress um Tate Martell had he been the guy would have been the guy that I was most scared of as a Florida fan from the aspect of he's a wild card I don't think he's very good I I, I just I don't but he is the kind of guy that you could have an all-out blitz on the guy and you look up and the guy's 40 yards down the field right right and so he brought that but the guy that I didn't want to see as a Florida fan was Jaron Williams for the, from the aspect of they've got a first-time head coach, they've got a play caller who hasn't called plays in probably seven or eight years, Jaron Williams' makeup is the kind that's going to compensate for that. He's going to keep everything calm. He's going to keep everything collective. And, and that's going to be the part where I thought Florida had a big advantage and that it was going to be pure chaos uh, at certain times. Now, I know we're constantly reminding people, but we always have new listeners here on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. For those that don't know, Denny Thompson here runs Six Points Passing uh, Academy training Quarterback here. Academy. Quarterback right. Academy here in Jacksonville. And you work with a lot of guys. You talk about being in Charlotte a couple of years ago. Well, there's a reason why you were in Charlotte a couple of years ago at the Elite 11. This is what you do. You right. work with a lot of quarterbacks, not only here in Jacksonville, really all over the southeastern part of the country, and dare I say, the entire country. You've gone many, many places working with QBs. We talked about this yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on it. Jaron Williams has basically never played – a meaningful snap in a college football game. Now, you could say the same thing about Tate Martell. So two of the three guys have never played meaningful snaps. What is the mindset? What would you tell your quarterback? What would you tell Jaron Williams about going in front of 70,000, playing Todd Grantham's Gator defense on national TV in your first collegiate start? I mean, how tough would it be for that young man? I have a bunch of guys getting ready to start for major programs this year, and so I'll, I'll draw on that. We've had this conversation and I don't really tell them anything. It's it's more of be prepared off the field for what changes. And Jaron Williams is probably seeing that right now. Is you you get a you get a ton of attention. There's a you know all of a sudden your Twitter followers go from whatever it is to four times that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But the but at the end of the day, when the whistle blows, if you're prepared, the game will be slow enough for you to compete. Period. The seventy thousand doesn't matter. It's 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 like at very rare times in the game that that matters. Um, makes communication a little bit harder. But at the University of Miami, they should be prepared for that, right? They should be preparing for that right now. So it, I don't think – I think that's probably overblown. Like what, what, I, what I think they've got to work on with Jaron Williams is the, the gravity of the moment, does it, does it keep your mechanics and does it keep, you know, your pacing with your feet work that you've been working on now since February? Um, I know the, the guy who trains Jaron Williams really well, one of my good friends. And he's been trained really well. So he shouldn't have a big shock to his system. There's things that you can do in training that kind of, not to that extent, but but emulate what he's going to see. So I, I, I expect to see a good game out of him. Well, I really do. And Here's where it goes wrong, though. Yeah. Throws an early pick. Okay. Or the, or the, or, or, and the confidence spirals out of control. Right. And even, like, you can sense when you go to the sideline, 
when the coach is thinking, oh, crap, should we pull him? Right. You know, throw now, him- and that's another question, too, because there are three quarterbacks that were all battling for this. Jaron Williams is named the starter. Manny Diaz, Dan Enos, I mean, you know these guys a little bit. How quick a trigger will they have? I mean, if he throws a quick pick, could we see Nikosi Perry? Could we see Tate Martell? I think you'd have to get really out of hand. I think you'd have to throw more than one. Um, I think the smart thing, the, the smart play when you have a quarterback competition that goes this late is you name a starter and you stick with that guy at least through the first couple of weeks because you've got, you've got Florida and then you've got, what, a couple cupcakes, I think, after that. So you've got to give him those games. So I, I, don't, I think it would be detrimental. We kind of saw it with Florida. Um, was it the with McIlwain when they played Michigan? Michigan game with Felipe Franks, yeah. With Felipe and, and the guy who had, who had uh, transferred in, I uh, can't remember his name, um, lefty that looked terrible. Against against Michigan. Oh, um, I'll think of it in a second. Zaire? Uh, was no. it Malik? Was it Malik Zaire? Was I don't know. No, I'd have to he think looked about awful. It. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it, you and know, Franks came back in, right? Yeah. And in hindsight, you never, you, you never pull that guy um, unless things are just going horribly wrong. So I think Miami's in this for the long haul. I think that's you know probably the conversation they're having uh, with their other quarterbacks right now. And I think Jaron Williams has got to come in with a vote of confidence. Doesn't matter though. From from the aspect of the quarterback's mental makeup, you get up there against Florida, you've got all the confidence in the world, you're confident in your game plan, you're prepared, and then all of a sudden Florida does something different that you've not seen, or you throw that early pick, or you have an early fumble, or you have a couple early sacks, or the or they're just stuffing you. Where does his head go there? Like that's the thing that Florida fans you need to look at is if he has early success, watch out. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also on the 1010XL Florida Gator Facebook page. If you have any comments, any thoughts, feel free to share them here on the 1010XL Florida Gator Facebook page. All right, so that's the Miami side of things. Now, one thing Jaron Williams is going to have going for him, Denny, Florida might be considered DBU. They got DB problems right now when it comes to attrition, when it comes to lack of depth. I mean, let's think about this over the last, say, five, six months. <clears throat> True freshman Chris Steele transfers out. Whatever the reasoning was, I know some Gator fans don't think whatever happened with Chris Steele, he, he was going to play. He was going to play. Now he's going to play for Southern Cal. All right, Brian Edwards transfers out. Another issue, which we'll get into that in here in a little bit. Um, you just lose McWilliams for the year with an Achilles. John Huggins is gone. Again, another off-field issue we'll get into in a moment. The point being, they're down minimum three defensive backs that were going to play mm-hmm. in 2019. Marco Wilson's coming back from an ACL. Now, you got a great one in C.J. Henderson. You got a really good one in Brad Stewart. I mean, there's still some really good defensive backs there, but there's not a lot of really good defensive backs there anymore. How much of a problem, not only for Miami – but for the rest of the season, could that potentially be for Todd Grantham and the Gators? I don't, I don't think it's a problem against Miami at all. I think it's a problem for games five, six, seven, eight, nine when when injuries start to come up. If they can stay healthy, it's not a problem. I mean, there's, there's, their starters are still as good as just about anybody not named LSU this year. See, LSU's defensive backfield is freaky. I mean, Henderson's going to be a top 15 pick right. in the NFL draft. He's a stud. Right. I mean, you look at LSU and Auburn, my only point is like in, in Alabama, and, and they're probably better as a whole, but Florida's as good as, as they've been um, in the defensive backfield. So as long as they stay healthy, um, as long as, you know, that nickel package may be a little tricky, um, but they're so athletic in, in other positions, they can make up for that. But as long as they stay healthy, they'll be okay. 
if they start, if they lose two, then you're running out somebody you have no idea uh, what's going to happen. We talk about the quarterback, but that DB is an easy position uh, to expose. And so now all of a sudden if, if you got – you know, it don't have to be a big injury. We've talked about this before with other positions. It can be um, a concussion or it can be, you know, a sprain that keeps you out for the rest of the game, unlikely to return in the third quarter or something like that in a close game. And now all of a sudden you're jotting out a guy who you have no idea. Right. And the other team knows you're jotting out a guy who you have no idea. So I think that's the biggest risk. I think right now they're okay. I wouldn't – it doesn't change my outlook for the season, but the minute that first or second injury happens, it does. A couple of those defensive backs, including John Huggins, who I just mentioned, uh, off the team now, off the off the roster, out of the program for allegations – allegations, that's important to mention – of uh, incidents with women, some that are sexual assault in nature, some that were uh, just physical violence in nature. Uh, no charges have been filed, as Dan Mullen pointed out. Uh, in a press conference earlier this week. But you add those with the Jalen Jones situation, uh, who he was uh, alleged to have sexually assaulted two women that did not want to press charges. Jalen Jones has since moved on to Jackson State. I know you, you know Jalen and trained Jalen a little bit you know, back in the day. But what do you make of all the issues going on off the field with Dan Mullen? Because i got to tell you, it's not too hard to connect the dots, Denny, what's going on with Dan Mullen and his players off the field to start looking at Urban Meyer and what was going on off the field there. Now, not as many, not as right. plentiful. We're not maybe there yet, but we're on that path, at least in some opinions. Yeah, actually, I heard y'all's back and forth yesterday on XL Primetime, you and Matt, um, about this. Um, first, let's, start, let's start with the Urban Meyer thing. Listen, you got to realize Urban Meyer recruited one class, and this isn't me being funny. This is the truth. He recruited one class that broke all Ten Commandments before they left. Yeah. Like, I mean, one class. It was a heck of a class, too. It, it was, yeah. Yeah, on the field, it was a good class. Yeah. Um, so, You're I mean, about I, Aaron I Hernandez and, yeah, and yeah. all. It's crazy. Um, so, I wouldn't call him Urban Meyer. And here's the, the – as much money as these guys are making now, as much money – college football has always been a big business. But now, these head coaches and position coaches are making so much money. It's not about the logo anymore. It's about Dan Mullen. It's not about the logo at Alabama. It's about Nick Saban. Right? These guys are making five, $6 million a year. They want to protect that interest as much as they want to protect the University of Florida. Right? So I can promise you that Dan Mullen is as PO'd about this as the most angry fan that there is. However, one accusation is too many when it comes to this. I don't care if it's an accusation of charger, charges are filed or whatever. If you where there's smoke, there's fire, and and we're uh, man, right. listen. You and I both know. You and I both know that there's something to some of these. If if they even if they weren't charged, it's a very slippery slope. All right, and obviously it it goes without saying. I shouldn't even have to say it, but I will. No way, shape, or form do you ever condone doing anything to a woman in that regard. All right. Having said that. You mentioned how big money, you know, college football is these days. If a woman accuses a player mm-hmm. of doing something, accuses, mm-hmm. Dan Mullen, Willie Taggart, Kirby Smart, name your college head coach, they go to that player and they say, what's going on? And the player looks him dead in the eye and says, coach, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Then what's a coach to do in that in that situation? That, I mean, investigate. You, have, you have to suspend the kid just based on an allegation? No, you investigate. You've got all these resources at your disposal You've got more resources than the Dagon Police Depart- Department. Investigate. I mean, it's it's right, but for the here and now, 
Like, if it's game week, do you let the kid play? Okay, but now you're bringing up something that is completely irrelevant to the situation we're in now. It's not game week. It wasn't game week in the spring when all this stuff happened. Right. Well, John Huggins gets kicked off the team less than two weeks before the game. Uh, but, but again, he had something in October Agreed. of last year. Right. Right. Plenty of time to investigate. I don't know what happened. I don't need to know what happened. Here's all I know is multiple guys have transferred after being accused. That either means that they wanted to get out of there or Mullen said, you're not welcome here. So if any of these guys were still on the team, I'd have a much bigger problem with this um, as a Florida fan. But none of these guys are on the team. They're all gone. Right, so I don't know what else you want Mullen to do from that standpoint, but I think it is a little bit naive to sit here and go, "Well, no charges were filed." There's something there. Like all of these guys are gone. Yeah, well, if nothing happened, then they would still be there. No, right, right. In that instance, absolutely. Yes, they transferred out. You mm-hmm. would tend to think the guys that left probably did something they shouldn't have done. All of them have left. Right. No, and, and and I get all that. Just an overwhelming thought. I'm not going to get judicial here with you. Yeah. But in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. But unfortunately, in the court of public opinion, you're guilty until proven innocent. And that's where I think some of these college coaches so you've been lie. St- you've been riding with O.J. for the past no, 30 years? No, I'm, I'm not saying I'm riding with O.J., although I do enjoy <laughs> I do enjoy following him on Twitter. Uh, I, I get a good kick out of that okay, every You just admitted how big money this is, right? It, it's, it's Okay. Look, and and I, I'll bring up the same thing I brought up on XL Primetime yesterday. It's Auburn-Alabama week. And there's a big-time Auburn booster. And it's Wednesday night, and you see Alabama's five-star, all-world, all-American linebacker at a bar. What's to stop an Auburn booster from paying a young lady $10,000 and say, hey, accuse that guy of doing something do, you? don't you. think that's happened? I, well, do you, you think it's happened? Oh, absolutely. Okay. That, I, that, well, no a, doubt about that. That's a real shame if it has happened. I have no doubt about that. that you know, I mean, we're living in a world right now where <laughs> – Probably 15% of the people, the general population that watches sports, gambles on sports. You, you, you don't think there's been stuff like that that has happened? It, it absolutely has happened. It's part of the reason that you get paid all this money is to sift through the bull crap as a coach or as a position coach and get to the real deal. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? And, and you got to have you got to have something that goes off in your head. They, they know these kids. They know these kids. Like the Jalen Jones situation. Never in a million years did I think that would that he would even be accused of that. You knew him more than I did. I talked to him three times. I was shocked. Yeah, never in I a million was years. Absolutely. De- DeAndre shocked. Johnson back in the day, never in a million years. But DeAndre Johnson, we can say without a shadow of a doubt, he did it because there's video. There's video, yeah. Right. So my my point in all this being like you know these guys, but you also have when you work with this age guy, you have this detector in your head that goes off that says, okay, they may have done this. Like after talking to him, and and you've got all these resources that you can go. Okay, we need to put, you know, everybody we can on this because I do not need to have this cloud hanging over my program. Dan Mullen's got to get a hold of this thing. Now, what can he do? I don't know. I'm not making $6 million a year. Dan, you figure that crap out, right? That's why you're getting all the money. Like, that's part of your general responsibility is to not embarrass the program and to not take this thing down a road that you can't recover from and to protect your name. Like, now you got to figure this crap out. Whatever you're doing's not working, so just telling them don't do it ain't working. Well, let me ask you this. Does he need to change his approach on the recruiting trail? Well, yeah, but not just for that reason. I mean, how many people have we had not qualify? Well, that too. Yeah. yeah. So, absolutely, he need, he's got to change his approach on the recruiting trail, and I think he knows that. You, you can't have five or six guys end up in JUCO that signed on, on a class. So, his on-the-field stuff is money right now. His staff is money right now. 
everything is good, but if you don't get a handle on this, then you're in trouble. Final thought, about two minutes to go here on Gator Bites, 1010XL.com, Podcast Network, also the 1010XL Florida Gator Facebook page. CBS Sports came out with their bowl projections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I pay a whole lot of attention, but it is interesting to see if this were to come to fruition, would Gator fans be okay with it? CBS had Florida, when all was said and done, back in Orlando, where it will start next week against Miami, playing in the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida, I believe playing Nebraska. If I were to tell you, Denny Thompson, that in three and a half months' time, four months' time, that Florida would be in the Citrus Bowl in Orlando probably means 10-2 and two or 9-3. and three. Would you take that right now for this Gator 2019 football team? 10-2, and two, yes, 9-3, and three, no. If they're there at 10-2, and two, that means that some other teams stepped up in some other conferences and, and took all the uh, – the BCS bowls, right? but I'm assuming Citrus yeah. means probably ten and two, nine and three. Yeah, I think it would be nine and three. I think if they're ten and two, that means that they either beat LSU, Auburn, or Georgia. Right? They beat one of those. I think that keeps them in the top eight, and they end up in a New Year Six bowl. Um, nine and three. I wouldn't be that would equal what they did last year, right? I wouldn't be upset about it, but I'd like to see them squeeze one of those three, if not two of those three, if you want to take the next step. Right, we've been talking about that forever. If you're going to take the next step, you got to make Missouri a win. You got to make South Carolina a win. You got to make all these undoubtable wins, and then you got to figure out a way. If you really want to take that step, to win two of the three, LSU, Auburn, Georgia. If you win one of the three, I think that's a successful year. If you don't win any of the three, then you're kind of right back where you are right now. I think Gator fans should be happy with the Citrus. I don't think they would be. I think the expectations are maybe unrealistic. To be I love that. With you. I love that. Don't you? Well, I, I love it, except if you're Dan Mullen, because if you go nine and three, I think Gator Nation's going to be a little bit upset, and I don't think that's fair. You go nine and three and turn in a top ten recruiting class and stop all this crap off the field. Yeah, okay. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. All right. Well, next week we're going to be here on Gator Bites. It will be game week. Let me ask you just a quick, quick sneak preview. You have been saying for four and a half months since we uh-huh. started doing this uh-huh. that you have no fear. Of right. the Miami Hurricanes, of your Florida. You think Florida is going to have a very easy time at Camping World Stadium in Orlando next Saturday. Here we are, a week and a half out. Do you still have no fear? 38-14, 38-17, Wow, so you like think it's, it's blowout. It's, it's a three-score game. All right, we'll see what happens. We'll be yes. down to break it down next week. That is Denny Thompson. You get him on the sports stand every evening on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. You can catch me on XL Primetime weekdays, noon to 3, again on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. For Denny Thompson, the hacker with you, talk to you next week on Gator Bites, 1010XL.com, Podcast Network, and the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.